Welcome to the Perfect First Layer Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we answer questions from you, the 3D printing community. My name is Guy from Guy's Shop, and as always with me today are my co-hosts, JJ and Nathan. Hello. Hi. <laughs> you sound really excited, Nathan. Yeah. Uh, well, ever since we moved the recording time to the late afternoon, I am sedated. Late afternoon? It's late it's, evening. It's 7.30 at night. Yeah. All right. Well, we do depend on your questions for this podcast. So if you have one for our panel, please go to perfectfirstlayer.com and go to the submit page and send it. Then we also have a Patreon. And right now we only have one level and we're simply asking for a small donation to help keep this podcast going. So please go to patreon.com slash perfectfirstlayer. And when we say we need questions, we really do need questions because this week, we don't have any questions to answer from the 3D printing community. So send them on. And uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks what for you nothing. Got... <laughs> <laughs> what do you got going on in the uh, lab there, Nathan? Well, I have um, not a whole lot going on in, in terms of 3D printing reviewers, uh, in terms of 3D printer reviews, because I don't know, they just haven't been coming out with as many 3D printers lately. I feel like there's like a big hype train rushed to get a bunch of printers out last month, but now it's all kind of died down. So um, I've got a couple printers here and there, but mainly I'm planning my trip to form next. So that's going to be in Germany. By the time you hear this episode, I'll probably have already attended, um, but it should be pretty fun. See a bunch of high tech stuff. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's like a big additive manufacturing industry event, uh, like an expo. There's like 600 companies that are going to be there. So it'd be a good place to look at all the latest and greatest stuff that we can't afford as mere hobbyists. Cool. So is that- where, where do you get all this money from? Um, you're, are well, you just, are you just, you know, like you're a very wealthy young man. Well, I mean, I, I found some sponsors for the trip. So oh, yeah, actually okay. I paid for it using my, my uh, Patreon slush fund. So thank you to all my patrons for making that happen. But then I kind of, you know, looked for uh, sponsors on top of that. So um, I got enough to pay for the trip, I think. So we can expect some uh, videos from it? Yeah, I'm planning on making at least five or 10 videos. I don't know about 10, but at least five (laughs) videos. There's a lot of cool stuff going on at those shows. Like things that you would never think of, like, uh, metal printing using filaments and powders and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, lots of out, outside the box thinking. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I feel like your, uh, coverage of these big shows are always expands the views of things that I never thought was possible with 3d print or didn't know was happening in the, uh, economy of 3d printing. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to hobbyist level machines that we kind of work on at home, there's just only a few technologies that are inexpensive enough to actually be applicable to, you know, being able to afford to get it running for under a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, a lot of these other processes that use like metal pastes and robot arms and stuff, that's all you're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep these machines running with like really specialized processes that require a lot of research and development. And eventually all that will boil down to an affordable price point, but 
uh, it's kind of like a glimpse into the future for what we could do. Yeah. What was that in yeah. the last show you went to? What was that in Chicago? I think. Yeah, that was Rapid TCT. That was a okay. fun. It was about half the size of Formnext. So Formnext is the really big one. Formnext and, uh, is a really big one. Yeah, CNC Kitchen and um, 3D Printing Nerd usually have some pretty good coverage of those shows of, of Formnext. Right. Cool. Nice. What about you, JJ? What you got going on? Yeah. Um, so Halloween just ended, so now I can't print any more pumpkins and ghosts and <laughs> costumes. So I've got to shift over to now printing, I guess, uh, turkeys and Thanksgiving-related content for my shorts. Um, but no new printers in. Um, still using the A1 Mini a ton and really enjoying it more a lot more than i thought it would so i went into that one with a very i was very skeptical initially unboxing it and uh i think it's won me over in the last few weeks of using it what what what's what 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 do you think is won you over the the print quality the i think the, the print quality of it is really good um and the reliability of it like the print bed is really good so I can just like send it over there and it works versus I send something to the P1P and it doesn't work. I just got in a new bed for the P1P. So uh, hopefully that should help me out. Yeah, you said you've always had problems with prints sticking to us. Yeah, I've yeah. never had a problem with prints sticking to the bed of my P1P. Yeah, my never. P1P bed has the first print I ever tried on there failed because <laughs> the mm. bed it's I don't know. I feel like PEI beds, they work or they don't. <laughs> I've never had one not work, but I, yeah. I obviously they, you know, you're living proof that it doesn't. I mean, yeah. when it when it didn't work, did you try contacting Bamboo Labs to say, you know, hey. no, I, I just put glue stick on it, and that works. <laughs> and so it's always uh, well, when it fails, put more glue stick on there, and uh, that works after a while. So you're you're happy with the A1 Mini? When are they going to yeah. start selling that thing by itself? Yeah. Why does it always have to be? Well, it's only two ninety nine, but you can't buy it. Yeah, you right. got to buy it with the A1 or with the AMS Light, which AMS I think is impressive. Light. I like the AMS Light a lot. Um, how much it just works, and it works with more spools than the regular AMS. Uh, yeah. I found because the regular AMS, they're like, oh, don't use cardboard spools on there. And if your spools are too wide, they can't fit in. I've had a few brands that don't fit in to the regular AMS versus all of these issues are fixed by the AMS light because it grips it in the inside. So cardboard spools are great. Larger spools also work as well. Will that will that uh, AMS light work on the like the P1P or the P1S or the X1? I don't think so, but I don't know. I think it's pretty much just to work on the A1 Mini. That kind of sucks. Yeah, makes it would make more sense if they just came out with a new one and said, you know, here's this is the light one, and you can still use it on the more expensive printers. And it might. I'm I'm just guessing on that. So I, yeah. I could totally be wrong. I wonder if they could make a little adapter piece to just put on the top in the inlet for the P1P and then have it be able to feed the four 
Bowden tubes from oh, that. Oh, that's AMS right. Site. That thing's got four yeah. tubes that go right into the printhead, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it seems it like it does not work with the, the other it ones. Could be something they could adapt over. I feel like it'd be messy though, because one of the advantages of having a bed slinger is the the print head is only moving left and right on the x axis. Mm -hmm. So in terms of controlling the paths of all those Bowden tubes, it's a lot simpler. But if you have something moving around in that big plane, the big planar area of the Core XY machines, the Bowden tube management gets a little more complicated, and it just might be too messy for them or something. Yeah. But it well, just needs to feed over to the back of the printer and then the back of the printer, that little module would fix it. Right. Yeah, it would need another extruder motor. It would need another motor on the back of the printer because yeah. the way that AMS Lite works is instead of having any motors in the spools, it retracts the previous spool. Uh, well, I'm not 100% sure on that. I thought, I, I thought I saw in a review that it retracts the previous filament just based on some spring-loaded. Yeah, it's got some springs that help with the... But I'm not sure exactly what all's in there. It's a mystery box. Mystery this box, is, yeah. This is the deal with these closed-source printers. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it just does the thing I want it to. <laughs> well, the, the thing I do like uh, about the AMS is that it's got, you know, it's a, it's a dry box. Yeah, which is you know because my 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 bamboo lives out in the garage, along with the AMS, and I feel mm -hmm. very comfortable leaving you know filament in there, for quite a long time without having to worry about it you know picking up a lot of moisture or anything. Mm -hmm. Moisture and dust as well for a lot and of dust. Yeah, if it's yeah in a garage, it's going to pick up dust, and around here, it's got enough dog and cat hair. That lands on top of the AMS box Ooh. that I noticed. I'm like, oh, I'm glad it's on the plastic cover versus being on the actual spools of filament yeah. that the AMS light doesn't have. So people who are printing mostly PLA in a clean, not super humid environment, the AMS light will work great. But people who are in dirty environments or printing not PLA, then the regular AMS would be way better. So what does that, what does that sell for? 449 with the AMS? I think it's four, uh, 59, 490. It's not 499. It's less than that. Oh, somebody's looking it up. I can hear keep, I can hear, uh, uh, 459. Excuse me. 460. 460. For the combo. It's it's actually a pretty good deal, which is a really good price. Yeah, yeah. it's um, four eighty nine euros if you're in the EU store. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, well, we're not in. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I got there. <laughs> Let me switch back over. All right, but uh, it's impressive. Or it makes an impressive price for three hundred, just for the printer. Like, I don't know which one I would recommend. This one or the Ender 3 V3 SE uh, as like an entry-level holiday printer for this well, year. Yeah, right now I'd still recommend the Ender 3 V3 SE mainly because you can actually buy it. Sure, yeah. 
But I think they, if both of them were available it. right now. I think what Bamboo Lab's game plan is, and I have a history of accurately predicting their game plan, Uh-oh. is uh, <laughs> is they're going to start taking pre-orders for the less expensive unit like right before Black Friday. So they siphon away some of those sales from that um, Black Friday hype. And then uh, they'll get a, they'll do their best to deliver as many as possible before Christmas. And they'll mm-hmm. try and make that a selling point. But right now, if you wanted to buy one, I, you don't have an option to buy one. You can only pre-order it. And it says ETA before December 8th, which is more than a month out. Um, we're filming this on November 1st, so that's like a month and a, a week. So it's one of those things where it's like, um, I don't know. I can't really recommend it. or Well, I can't test it. I would like to just buy one and, and check it out. But um, But you can't. But I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a nice printer for, for 300 bucks, but unless it does something really magical, I don't know why it would be better than, let's say, like the Ender 3 V3 SE. Is it faster? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it's faster. Yeah. Is it's it? super fast. Super huh. fast, super quiet is another big thing. Yeah. Um, they do some magic sauce that makes it you just hear a few fans running and they they make the motors the most quiet motors i've ever heard don't they it doesn't have some kind of like it's almost like um yeah active input shaping but for motors the noise yeah it's something along those lines apparently they like programmed their own motor control algorithm to factor that in and you can't do it on like typical stepper drivers. And it like calibrates it even to yeah. like actively reduce that noise, which is impressively quiet, basically. I could oh. totally imagine recommending this in its base configuration for that uh, two ninety nine price tag. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good deal. Oh yeah. Um, but I can't order it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I recommend it eventually once you can. Well, the, the thing, the thing that the bamboo printers have that nobody else has is a, a proven track record with the multi-material units mm-hmm. uh, that, that nobody else really has. Even the Prusa, the, 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 their, their MMU units always gotten really bad. I wouldn't say really bad reviews, but spotty. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's and always it's about like a 50 50 proposition of whether it's actually going to work for somebody or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, the open source uh, version of that, the enraged rabbit carrot feeder. I don't know who comes up with these names, but <laughs> um, that looks like it's a real mess, too, because you don't see a lot of people talking you know how great it is and all kinds of videos on them there's nobody has them yeah also keep in mind um you do have to pay shipping on that a1 so it's 20 dollars shipping on top of the msrp of 460 that's that's not bad yeah Yeah. it's not bad it's not like the 850 dollars in shipping that you have to pay for prusa but it's also not the free shipping that comes with Amazon and Creality printers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But maybe one day all that stuff will be available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not holding my breath for Bamboo Lab selling on Amazon. They've got enough market right now. 
Do they? I think so. I mean, they can't even keep their printer in stock enough to be able to ship out orders. So, is that a production side issue, or is that a, a massive marketing success? I'm not sure. It could be a planned. Um, we're going to limit how many we actually sell to gin up demand for it. Right. It's just like uh, there's like some luxury brands like. I've been getting into watches lately and I've been reading about like, if you want to buy a Rolex, you have to wait outside the store and get treated like shit for a couple of weeks before they let you have one. <laughs> or even in the store. Yeah. Well, just to make yeah. it so when you finally get it, it's worth that much more to you. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's some purse brands that do that too. And like Burberry and all these luxury brands, they have ways of, getting people to be excited about their products that have nothing to do with the quality or the, <laughs> the value. It's just psychology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how much of that goes on in the 3d printer world though. I don't think these, these people are, are that's, are these manufacturers are that sophisticated. Yeah. This isn't that kind of you. market. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do have to wait on a wait list to get pretty much any Prusa machine and people are still excited about it. And that's got to drum up some level of excitement when someone actually finally gets it. Like the yeah. the XL, I mean, those have been notoriously pre-ordered for the last two years. Yeah. I think it's been, been three been. years, hasn't it? I think it just crossed over the two-year mark. So, yeah, we're, we're working <laughs> on year years. three now. <laughs> two years. Oh, my God. See, I would have canceled after like the first four months. I would just would have canceled my order. I said, I'm not because we, we, we talked about this last time where the 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 uh, technology is changing so fast. That thing is outdated before it even was available. Right. Right. Well, it was forward thinking. It was like, oh, here's all these like advanced things that three years ago <laughs> aren't even existing yet when it was initially announced. Yeah. But then, yeah, totally. The like, oh, a year later, it's like, well, you got to keep, they got to keep updating the plans for what this machine will be. Well, they first announced that before the Bamboo Labs came out, correct? Yes. Yeah. And that's why I think really, you know, shot them in the boo boo Mm -hmm. was that, that the the bamboo coming out. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I well, you have a, a bamboo lab printer now, don't you, Nathan? I do. I have two P1Ps, and I have a Prusa. So, uh-huh. but I you can... said your P1Ps don't work. Well, one of them I took apart, and the other one, the Wi-Fi, spontaneously stopped working on. So, yeah, um, it's just like you know. People say they have a reliable experience with a printer and then someone else gets it and they have the complete opposite experience. And then it's like, okay, well, who do you trust? You mean I with think the it's Crusoe? Mm-hmm. Um, mostly with the Bamboo Lab and other manufacturers. For most people that I've talked to with Prusa, they've generally had like a pretty positive experience. And yeah, if you have awesome. issues, then they have like pretty good customer service and support. Um, but most manufacturers are more interested in shipping units rather than making sure that they ship out with a hundred percent quality. Yeah. Which is not really a, uh, that's what kind of j- gets me a little bit jaded about this whole 3d printer market is that people don't really care about quality and longevity. 
They just want to get the next printer out as fast as possible. Talking about the manufacturers don't care about quality and longevity. Right. Customers okay. say they do, but okay. they, you, you know, if you ask someone, they would probably say they care. But when the price difference is 100%, then all of a sudden they might not care so much about quality and longevity. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people would rather have a $200 printer that's pretty good and then in a year or two is obsolete and they'd really buy another one versus buying a $400 printer that doesn't look any better, doesn't have any flashier specs, but it's just better built. It's like, well, eh, I don't care that yeah. much. What confuses me about this whole thing is, um, well, I mean, just to shed some light on it as it relates to other industries, like say guitars or um, pianos or, uh, milling machines or table saws or whatever. All these really old industries. Versus- yeah. Things where the technology is so established that you don't have the next year's model completely obsoleting the last year's model. It's like, yeah, you can still drive a five-year-old car and it's got, you know, your Android auto and headlights and heated seats and everything. It's basically the same thing with slightly different styling. Um, with 3D printing, it's not like that. It's It's more like uh, electronics and computer hardware where after two to three years you're like oh well I mean I could buy another one for half what I originally paid for this one and it'll be twice as fast so I might as well just throw this old one out and get a new one yeah but, but that's that's the thing and you said you said the, the 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 word fast the only thing that I've really seen change quite a bit in the the you know, around three years I've been involved with the, the hobby is the speed. Yeah. You know, the machines have changed because of the speed, you know, they're, they're trying to get faster and faster and faster. You know, they're that, that when I first got into it, there was no clipper. There was just Marlin and RepRap. That was it. Um, then Clipper came out and the machine started to get faster and the Voron started to become very popular. I started building my Voron last weekend. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I spent two days, 14 hours, and I got to the point where I was getting, I'm getting ready to put the belts on for the, for the A and B sides. Mm. So I've got yeah. uh, quite a bit done. Quite a bit done, but it took me four hours just to build the frame and get it square. Because that's a uh, three hundred, three fifty, three fifty. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, nice. So big yeah. one. Yeah, it's I big. Think, <laughs> it's big. <laughs> I think the Voron kind of goes with more of the philosophy of it's built um, with high enough components and it's modular enough that you can just build one machine and slowly upgrade it over time. Yeah, and that's that's why I brought it up because it's since it is you know a fully open source machine, it is easy to upgrade. So if something bigger and better and more badass comes down the, down the market, you can probably add it to or change the Voron mm-hmm. a little bit. But those guys are those engineers are all over it at Voron that 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 team of guys, and they they change the stuff well. I wouldn't say frequently, but I know they, they've come out with some other, like the, the Trident came out in the last year or two. Um, I thought I heard somebody say something about a Voron 3. 
once. Let it slip. They need to make a Voron uh, Cartisan, like a cantilever printer, like the Bamboo Lab A1. That would be cool. Well, I guess there's the Rat Rig V Minion. Yes, yeah. Mainly because it's the minimal part count, lowest cost. Yeah. Um, And if you build it sturdy enough, then you can still get just as almost as fast speeds as a core mm-hmm. XY printer. Yeah, but it's not Voron doesn't make anything. Right. So you're going to it's just like the 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 Voron kits. You can buy an LDO for, you know, that's a 2.4. You can buy a, a Voron 2.4 kit for $1500 from LDO or you can buy the Formbot or Fiztech for 800. I mean, there's that big of a dis- uh, a difference in the in the prices, or you can self source it and pay whatever you you know you can really afford for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But some of those things are you know they're fairly cheap. You know, I've seen Voron zero point two kits for as low as three hundred dollars. Yeah, right. But if they were to put their engineering efforts into making like a really good cantilevered printer um you could put high-end ldo quality parts on a mm-hmm. uh, cantilevered voron it could be cool to see them uh, yeah it would be it project. would be cool yeah. but since there's no real incentive structure yes, for them yeah. to do it well there's no incentive structure for them to do anything technically uh, well, if you're I, exactly and that's my point so it's I, I think they've done it more as a, a challenge to themselves as engineers than they have uh-huh. anything else. So doing something small like that might not fall into their their mindset where they're looking much larger or much faster or something like that. I don't know. That's just I th- me. I think all the differences in newer printers nowadays all comes down to software, which is something that's completely hardware agnostic. You don't need... Like mm-hmm. you can run all the latest hardware advancements or software advancements on an old Ender 3 V2. Like people put Clipper on those machines and get them running really fast. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think it like we need to converge on some kind of open source standard of electronics hardware and then kind of ha- have everything just standardized around Voron I th- or uh, around Clipper. Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. The, I the feel thing like everything's about, going that way of every new printer. They're all going closed this. source now, it seems like, instead of open source. Well, Bamboo is. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one big downside to Bamboo, I feel like, of recommending it. It's like, it's a great printer. It's really easy to use. But I also don't love that it's closed sourcing the market and kind of shoehorns you into this their way of doing things right yeah <clears throat> well if they drive enough people out of business and then they're they're gonna up their prices and start doing weird stuff i mean yeah. we've seen it in a lot of other uh industries has voron driven anybody out of business or, or excuse me has bamboo labs driven anybody out of business you think um i think the the market is growing fast enough that um everybody's got enough printers to sell but it's definitely taking mm-hmm. new market share away from other companies. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not saying that those other companies earned that market share. It belongs to them. 
because obviously the consumer is going to choose what they want to buy at the end yeah. of the day. But we've, we've talked about this quite extensively, how the, the, the bamboo has really changed the landscape of the, of the 3D printer market. And, you know, you, you look at the, the, the Creality K1, you look at the Chidi Max Plus, whatever the heck it is. Yeah. Um, even something like the Flying Bear. And then there's, what's that, that one you guys both were really flash saying? Forge, the flash Forge. Flash Forge. Flash Forge, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like $300 or $400? It's $399 for the unenclosed version. Which is like a P1P clone. Okay. Plus twenty dollars off, so like three eighty plus free shipping, I think. So yeah. I mean that that kind of seems like a more recommendable printer than the uh A one mini. Yeah. You get better print quality. I mean, in my I haven't seen mm-hmm. the A one mini print yeah. quality in person yet, but since it's core XY, it should probably have better print quality. The only thing it's missing is multi material, which is I feel like the main thing that bamboo lab is offering it's as well as like a consistent and high quality user experience yeah i mean and that's that i i mentioned that before that's one thing that bamboo has done other than up the speed is they've reliably um added the 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 multi spool systems to their to their printers while nobody else has yeah i feel like the bamboo it's funny there user experience is one of those where I feel like it, a new person to the hobby would really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But us experienced people, I don't like it. Like there's so many times where I'm just like, Oh, it wants me to use the app. Like it wants me to go through all these, like all right, log into something ways to make it simpler. But in my, uh, in my workflow really makes it more complicated. Like, oh, on the website, um, their new, uh, whatever, I don't know what they're calling the website that has all the models on it. Oh, Maker 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 World. Maker World, that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Like, you click it, and it's like, oh, open in Prusa Studio, or Bamboo Studio, um, and then it'll open a new instance of Bamboo Studio on my computer, versus, no, Bamboo Studio is already open. Why can't you open it in the program that's currently running it's like well, well, probably cool. has to overwrite a bunch of your print settings and stuff <laughs> but just why can't it oh, be like more import. simpler or more streamlined um to someone who doesn't care that'd be fine but to me i'm like why can't you do this like why can't you figure this out come on you seem like you get annoyed with things really easily <laughs> all these l- enough little <laughs> things and i'm so like Google could figure it out. If Google was making a new one, it would be streamlined. If Apple was making a new one, their software and hardware would talk together perfectly. Right. So we just need a multi-billion dollar company to start working on 3D printers. 3D printers. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't want to make this a commercial for Bamboo, which it always seems to end up being. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've got two printers right now that I use probably more than anything else. And that's my Bamboo P1P and my Creality K1. Um, mm. And to be honest with you, I've used the Bamboo P1P more than I do the K1 simply because simply because of the AMS on it. Yeah. Because well, that's because you're, you're wanting to change colors all the time. 
not necessarily change colors, but I've also got I've got a I've got a roll of ABS in there, and I've got a roll of PETG in there, and yeah. two different colors of of PLA. So if I want to print something in ABS or PETG, I can do it without having to go out and change something. Mm-hmm. So, like on the K1, I actually like the 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 print of the K1 better than my P1P. Mm-hmm. So, but every time I want to change something, I've got to go out there and do it, and I don't like that. And if I've got you know the, uh, it's it's the AMS changes it for me. That's yeah. why I like it so much. It's because of the AMS. Mm-hmm. I haven't even turned my AMS on yet because uh, without Wi-Fi, I'm like, how do I set this up? <laughs> yeah. I need well, someone to give yeah. me like step-by-step instructions. I am probably going to move the Bamboo Lab printer here to here in my, my office because I the, the, the Voron is too big to bring into my office and probably way too loud. So I'm going to leave that in the shop. I think I might build one of those enraged. I I, I even hate saying it because it's so yeah, stupid. It's, it is pretty dumb. I, I, I don't even like saying it. The enraged rabbit carrot feeder for the, for the Voron. Um, it's not that expensive to build. The boards are like 40 mm-hmm. or $50 and the rest of it's just printed parts. So, um, I think I'm going to give that a try and see how that works. Have you ever thought of getting like the multi-material unit for your Prusa, Nathan? I thought about it, but um, I probably don't want to sink any money into that thing. Why? <laughs> Just because I've got way too much to do with other 3D printer content. Oh, like right. if I, back in the yeah. day, when I had one or two printers and I could just mod the heck out of them, I would do that all the time. And it, it was lots of fun. But That's now, not really a mod. You just buy, you can just buy one. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a mod. It's only like $8,000. Yeah. You have to like hang all the spools up on a wall somewhere and like build a custom little spool holder solution for it. I, I'm not exactly sure what all is involved, but it's more than just slap it on top of the printer and plug in the, cable and oh hit yeah mm-hmm. yeah the the yeah. problem with both that and the <laughs> the enraged rabbit carrot feeder is at the the when the spools unwind and then the the filament goes back out it gets tangled up yeah there's so no they buffer have, system they have to have some kind of buffer system for the for the thing and they the <laughs> the Voron has the enraged rabbit carrot patch <laughs> for their spools i got a name a stupid name for that too um but i i do appreciate the the, the work they've done and and the technology of it so i'm i'm willing mm-hmm. to give it a try i mean yeah. why not you know i'm Especially out maybe the- like 50 to 100 dollars and i can build a couple of those spools and just see how it works I think Bamboo Lab patented the two-stage feeding mechanism. So having two motors controlling the filament, that's, you know, you've got the buffer, Mm. and then you have a motor on the extruder, which all 3D printers have. Then you also have a motor that feeds the um, filament from the spool. So it can control how much length of uh, filament there is in between the spool or the AMS system and the printer. And it's actually got like a little spring loaded buffer tube thing that's mm-hmm. constantly adjusting and feed metering out the right amount of filament so that nothing jams. 
And I believe that system's patented, at least in China. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to prevent other companies from using that solution. And I know, you know, the CEO of Bamboo Lab has gone on record saying, oh, we're not, no, we, no we're, we're not out here to <laughs> sue the RepRap community. No, anyone can use this, whatever. We're just making the patents just for fun. Just to show how smart <laughs> we are. And no, that's, that's a trap for other We're making companies. money just yeah. for fun. We just like to make money. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're not going to sue you or me making your one-off little buffer tube system at home, they're more worried about other companies. If they start making millions of dollars selling a printer with that feature, then they could easily sue them for it. What if they're just selling the parts to make it? That's the nice part of the open source thing or the, like the sort of Voron. If you're building Mm -hmm. something for yourself and not selling it, or if someone, or if I were to create a design that infringed on that copyright, I can just like put it out there I'm not selling it and profiting off of it. So yep. I'm not infringing on a copyright. Yep. Right. But, but it means Creality can't use that design or that. I don't know how broad the patent they've filed is. Um, the thing but, is, is technically under American law, if you use someone else's patent, you can be sued for using it, even if you're not you oh, know, really? using it for selling it for profit or whatever. Uh, nobody's going to go out and sue you over it because it's not worth the time or money. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that's just so annoying about our legal system that I just wish they'd fix. <laughs> in, I think it's in Germany. Uh, Stefan talked about this CNC kitchen in one of his videos. And basically the experiment that he's doing where he's filming his crazy stuff and copying patent drawings and, and that kind of thing, um, that's allowed under uh, German law. But in the U.S., there's no such provision for your own, like, hobbyist tinkering. Like, Personally they can used. sue the, I, I don't know, we're just a little sue-happy over here. Huh. So That's they can sue you just for doing something for your own personal use? I believe that's the case. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but. Um, yeah, I'm not either, so I don't know. But that sounds kind of stupid. I mean, that's the whole thing with laws that are in place that aren't enforced is it just kind of sets up these little, I feel like they're like little bear traps that are set up all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of someone wanting to screw you over and then they, they could have the legal grounds to. The only disincentive is that, you know, they're not going to want to spend $10,000 filing the legal documents for uh, coming after you for that. Yeah. yeah, just somebody, somebody was going to sue me once over something, and I said, "Yeah, go ahead, go and spend two or three thousand dollars for two hundred dollars." I owe you. I'm happy. I'll, I'll, I'm fine with that. And then, oh, it's going to cost. I said, "That's good." Not only that, plus, plus, it's it's small claims court, so that means all you get is a decision. Doesn't mean I have to pay you. The judge just says I decide in the other person's favor. Then they have to go to a different court with that decision to actually get paid. It's a, it's a, it's, it's stupid. Wow. All yeah. that stuff is stupid. This is how a guy gets all the work done around his house for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's me. I just go around screwing people. I, I screw over the little guy. That's <laughs> how people are just people just get a little crazy over over things sometimes. 
But um, yeah, I don't see the problem with, you know, reverse engineering a patented item. If it's just something you're going to use in your own garage, you're not going to sell it. You don't put it on YouTube, but somehow somebody finds out that you've done this, they're going to sue you for it on what grounds? No, or it's the, they could under the law, they could do that, but that also means they're not going to, because why would they? Yeah, I mean, I've, I haven't like tried to profit from it. All right, here's here's from Law Stack Exchange okay. in the U.S. <laughs> See, I you... was like kibitzing for all through all this because I knew I knew Nathan would look it up. Yeah, in the U.S., if you make or use an object that includes all the elements of the claims of a granted patent then you are infringing that patent. Hmm. It doesn't matter whether you share the object or attempt to make money from it. Simply making or using it is enough to qualify as an infringement. <laughs> and I think the the kind of the justification there is if you didn't make it yourself, you would have had to buy it from them. So they, they're yeah. losing profit from you making your own. Yeah. Well, heaven forbid they should lose profit. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of similar for uh, copyright, though. And us content creators love to talk about how nobody should be allowed to copy us. <laughs> we upload our videos to YouTube. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think we've had this discussion before, haven't we? Or I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Take my videos and repost them under some other account. I don't care. Go ahead. Doesn't bother me. Um, it's not. It's not my livelihood. So I imagine if it was, it would. It would make a difference to me. But mm -hmm. it, it's not. So it. It doesn't. So. Yep. Well, in any case, if if there if any legislators on Capitol Hill want to take up this issue and reform our patent laws, I will gladly support that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Nathan's vote. Yep. All right. Anything else you, you, you guys want to talk about? Do you have anything on the list? Mm. Hey, what about that new Elegoo printer that's like the size of a oh, RV? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what's it called? Like the Orange Monster or something? Orange Storm Giga. Orange Storm Giga. It still has the Create the Future tags on it, doesn't it? <laughs> like it does on yeah, yeah. Create the future. I don't know what the hell that means. Create the future, but it's, it has it on there. What's it? The orange, uh, orange storm giga. Orange print, storm. The uh, print volume is eight hundred by eight hundred by one meter. Oh, huge! Wow. So, so basically, insane, the external right? volumes are probably going to be a meter cubed, a, a little yeah. bit over a meter cubed. So, if you print something on that and use three quarters of the print volume, you're going to use, you know, a whole kilogram of filament. Oh yeah, you'd have to have a massive spool connected to it, <laughs> and it's one printer. I do want. Uh, filament runout detection on, <laughs> or a pellet feeder. Like it, uh, that would be a good platform to throw a pellet feeder on there. Yeah, how much do you think that thing's going to cost? A five ninety nine. I think. Well, it's... they have a coupon for ten dollars off on their website right now. Oh, so. what a deal! <laughs> I thought it was twenty five hundred or. 
That's Punisher. actually not a bad deal. That's not crazy. It's the, not crazy. Like, they, they're going to be at form next 2023, so I'll, I'll make a short about it or something. Yeah. All right. Um, Do you think they'll have it there? Sure. It, it says they will. It says join Elegoo at form next 2023. Meet Giga at Booth Hall. Blah. Oh, on uh, on their website they've got a multi nozzle printing, so you put multiple print heads on there. That's Makes actually pretty cool. Of uh, they've got a video of four print heads on there. Oh, okay, so like a which, tool changer kind of thing. Uh, just having or batch printing have four different print heads, so you're printing the same object. Right. Oh, it's like, okay. Okay. If you've ever looked at like the chocolate chip factory, they have like twenty nozzles in a line, and they. <laughs> squirt out like 20 chocolate chips at a time i know it's i watched too much how it's made as a kid so this is what happens um no. but yeah it looks like a cool machine the only issue that i could see is some people don't have doors that are wide enough to fit this kind of machinery into their house yeah um, well you assemble it in place right or have a garage um how wide is a normal door guy? Uh, you you seem like you would know that. About thirty inches. Okay, so it's definitely going to be 30, 30 to thirty six. Wider 36 than a standard if it's ADA. Door. Yeah, so that's probably going to be wider than a standard door, um, unless oh, yeah. you have like handicap wheelchair accessible mega wide doors. Um, so yeah, build it in place and uh, take it apart, or take it in the patio door or something. Are they are they market? They must be marketing that to hobbyists because you know even I knew about it. What did you say the price was going to be? Uh, two thousand plus. I think. that's not bad for that much. Print it's, it's not, it's not yeah. insane. Yeah, it's not insane by any means. I mean, it's bigger than a it's bigger than a um, a dishwasher or a, you know all these standard <laughs> household appliances are designed to fit through a door. So your stove, dishwasher, uh, washing machine, and dryer are all going to be smaller than this thing. Heck, you could yeah. probably even print an entire dishwasher. Let's try a <laughs> print-in-place dishwasher well, design. if it's 800 millimeters, the, the print area is 800 millimeters, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 800 millimeters is 32, 33 inches. 800 millimeters. 25 millimeters per inch. Yeah, that's 32 inches. It might fit through a doorway, depending so can, on how much how much larger that is than the print area. So here's the plan. You get one of these things, and then you print. You move into an empty house. Then you print out a toilet first, then a sink. Ooh. Uh, you know, you probably go from there. Fill yeah. the house with this printer. Exactly. So actually, when you think yeah. about it, so if it's if it's eight hundred by eight hundred, that's thirty two by thirty two inches. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. That's wow. huge. It's huge. You could print a toilet. Yeah, it's really disgusting, but you could print a toilet. <laughs> I mean, just uh, flame polish it or something. What if you had if you had a printer that big? What would you build, Nathan? What would be the first thing you'd print? I'd try and print out um, some vehicles, some kind of like a bicycle frame or uh, like a small car. I think a small that, car. Yeah. Well, I mean, you print it out in multiple pieces. Oh, okay. So you could print out like the front, you know, suspension 
mm-hmm. whole setup and then the rear suspension whole setup and then maybe fabricate a, a chassis out of boards or something. Um, it could be fun. I asked JJ if he would just say some kind of Pokemon thing. The the Rocktopus? <laughs> yes. The Rock Around as an octopus <laughs> in as big as possible. That would be insanely big. It would be incredible. It would have to start with that one. It would cost you $40 worth of filament. It's so worth octopus. it. And that's the thing. It's like if you could print something that big and you're going to spend $40 worth of in filament, yeah, whatever you print has to be has to have a higher value than yeah it's like it's got to be like it's funny on their website all the pictures they're printing are like oh it's kind of like an artsy thing yeah models and i watched the video and it was funny i I can't remember it was was just making me laugh because there's an entire dog house for a tiny dog (laughs) it's like oh that kind of makes sense i guess but a lot of them are like little decorations that are just a little bit bigger it's like no this is a tool this is a this isn't for art projects. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you could easily do art projects that other people can't print. I guess the scale. art projects you're selling, and be... like the amount of detail that you can get on larger objects, yeah, would be pretty impressive. But this isn't a hobby, or it isn't a. Oh, I kind of want to buy a printer. Which one should I buy? Let's get the Orange Storm <laughs> Giga beginner printer. <laughs> yeah, for under two thousand dollars. Giga. I still don't understand what Orange Storm Giga is really referring to, or do they just like pick that out of the, the, the clear blue sky? That's such a weird one. Of yeah. all their other ones are like the Neptune and the Saturn yeah. planet themed yep. um, Orange Storm, and then adding Giga. <laughs> well, it, 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 it can't put Mega or Max on it because that's been oh, done yeah. to death. Yeah. That's true. It's bigger than. Uh, mega. So we could have called kilobyte. it a Neptune four giga. Well, it's kilobyte, megabyte. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had mega. Now we got gigabyte. Now, <laughs> next will be terabyte. Yeah, the terabyte printer, the house yeah. printer. It's yeah. cool that they're using uh, four of their print beds from the Max. Oh, interesting. So. Yeah, I noticed that. They, yeah, they have four print beds. With, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's four independent heated heating zones. Yes, yeah, so I, I think, think it is four it independent. Is. Okay, I mean that's smart heaters, which makes a lot of sense. Now I'm excited to go to form next. I thought it was going to be a bunch of boring stuff, but now I'll be able to see the orange. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you, have, to, you have to try to get them to send you. Oh one. yeah, you got to get one. Nathan. I won't. Have I won't leave it to chance. I'm gonna break hey, in. Look, we will hold you to building a toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, functional <laughs> toilet. Fun. It'd be funny. Oh, even non-functional, it would be funny. It's like, what are you going to print this for a toilet? Well, now I have to. A full full size. Put a big nozzle on there. Make it print quick. Yeah. Well, you could print a new toilet. You could print a new toilet seat and actually use that. That's true. Oh yeah. 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 Sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I I still don't know what you. I I would have no reason to have anything that big. Well, I mean, I'm re- I really like having larger printers. Um, the two that I have now, I have the uh, AnyCubic Cobra Max to Cobra Tube Max. Mm, it's yeah. like four twenty by four twenty, and uh, I had the uh, CR ten uh, CR uh, M four or mm, something. Yeah, the Creality one that's four fifty by four fifty. 
but that one I had the bed fail on it. Um, the the sticker sheet came loose. Yeah. Oh dang! It's probably user error if I'm being honest. But <laughs> I like the PEI sheets. So on my uh, on the Max, I have a PEI sheet. But you know, if I could upgrade and go four x the size and get one of these, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. 800 by 800. I'd need to find a spon- uh, filament sponsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Or, or two. Yeah. I just want to send you I, some I, I just can't spools. imagine how much filament, you know, something printing something that big would use. Yeah. Well, there's actually a filament factory down the street. I, like JJ, have a local filament manufacturer. Nice. So I'll just get a Bowden tube, a PTFE tube, and just run it all the way around along the, the highway. Around. <laughs> what, what's the name of the manufacturer fusion filaments i think hmm. i don't know have if it's you, a local warehouse or if they do any fabrication there but have you been there i haven't um i think it's like less than an hour drive for me to go check it out oh, okay. but i've had actually a lot of people recommending their filament so it might be worth going to see what's going what's happening there fusion filament folks Seems like it's only PETG and ABS. Oh, there's some PLA. Yeah. Um, like... JJ and I learned a little bit about <laughs> filament when we were at a Midwest Rep Rap Festival. Um, but if you, if you have a local manufacturer, they might actually um, be willing to do custom spools. So you could bring in like a, I don't know, they make spools that are massive for electrical and conduit and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so you could just get like a a spool and wind up 20 kilograms onto the spool and pay them with uh like i don't know i don't know how they they do exchange you can trade a chicken or you can trade them money (laughs) okay i'll trade them them some money they probably take money for it (laughs) they're probably on the money exchange program (laughs) They allow money for filament exchanges here. Fancy. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy world we live in. Crazy world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's I think that's enough fun for one evening, but uh that was that was a fun conversation. Um remember we really do need questions from uh and participation from you, the listeners. So make sure to go to perfectfirstlayer.com, go to the submit page and ask us. Nathan, why don't you tell everyone where you can be found? Look me up on YouTube. It's Nathan Builds Robots. And uh, JJ, how about you? I'm on YouTube at JJ Shankles. All right. And if somebody wants to email us a question, JJ, where do they send it? Just send it over to perfectfirstlayer at gmail.com. Nice. <laughs> and I can be found on YouTube at Guy's Shop and just about everything else at Guy's Woodshop. So, all right. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. And we will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.